Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Morgan Colby. Got Rick Lemon right across from me. What's up? It's Tuesday, March 12th, which means that we are one day. We're recording this on Tuesday, March 12th. We are one day away from the official start of the new league year for the NFL. Uh, and it's been a busy t- two days. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I thought the legal tampering period started um, started on Sunday at 1 o'clock. I was sorely mistaken because nothing happened. And I was like, where's all the news? And then <laughs> Monday morning I woke up and I was like, holy crap. What there happened? it is. Uh, so it's been an interesting couple days, lots of moves. Uh, we are only going to go over a couple today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're probably going to do a whole show designated just probably. to free agency. Uh, probably. Yeah. So we got a great, we should sh- have just a whole, whole show about where Blake Bortles is going to end up. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> That's the real question. Where is Bortles going to go? Fantasy owners need to know we this question. We need to question. know. Blake Bortles next year is going to carry you to a fantasy championship. <laughs> Someone should mark my words. I, sh- I should save that clip. <laughs> Blake Bortles is going to carry you to a fantasy championship. <laughs> uh, we got a great show prepared for you today. Um, this episode of All the Glitters, we continue the series and we're going to be talking wide receivers. Uh, I just want to preface this by saying any breaking news that comes across our wavelength, we will bring it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to break down the top 10 to 15 finishers, roughly, of the wide receiver position and discuss if they were truly good in the 2019, 2018 season or are they a flash in the pan. Um, but before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook at the FF Champs on Twitter and uh, everywhere else at the Fantasy Champions. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. So um, before we get started, and just in case we have breaking news, do you want to just test the sound? Oh, yeah. The uh, yeah, this is, this is what you'll Just like. in case. This is what you'll hear. Breaking news. So <sighs> if you hear that, uh, that means Le'Veon Bell signed. That means um, I won another fantasy game. <laughs> stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> that means Blake Bortles is a New England <laughs> Patriot. <laughs> yeah, Blake Bortles going to the Pats. Uh, that would be something. I'd actually get physically ill. <laughs> In a good way, right? <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Uh, so, I'm puking in excitement. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start the show by talking about um, two big moves that happened. Uh, I'm more inclined to talk about one because it just happened tonight. Uh, but we'll start with uh, the first one. Antonio Brown getting traded to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I feel like finally all the drama in Steelers land is is coming to an end. Mm. He was traded to the Steelers for a third and a fifth round pick. Pretty surprising return. Pretty surprising return when you're talking about AB. I think uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, he, A, demanded a trade, B, wanted a million and five dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh And he's kind of a... Yeah, his I, list to me, of teams he's a lie. Was... I don't think he's a, a locker room problem because everyone loves him, but I think he's just... He can become a problem if if it's, if the opportunity springs up, like him and Big Ben getting into mm-hmm. issues. So um, I I think that you know not that Antonio Brown's going to be a problem in Oakland, but I just think there was a there was all kinds of factors like when you trade Cooper to the to the Cowboys, you know what I mean? It was a first round pick. Cooper right. really isn't he's talented. There wasn't really any you know I guess financial implications to that trade. So. Uh, you make it, and it you know it makes sense. I just think it's funny that you you traded for maybe the best the over the last five years the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and you trade a third and a fifth to get him, and you got a first round pick in return for Amari Cooper. That is pretty nuts. Basically, not even like people are. Why would you do that? I'm like, that's a great move right there. You got a free first round pick it is, for a it guy. Is. Although, I mean, I will say this: Do we know what direction the Raiders are going in? Are they tanking? Are they winning no now? Idea. Are they? Because last year they were talking no about idea. the ten-year plan. They traded Khalil Mack. They traded Amari Cooper. Yeah, they had a ton of draft picks. Like they're gonna really rebuild this team. And here we are, a few months later. They trade for a thirty-one-year-old wide receiver who's 
potentially past his prime, and the window for winning with him yeah. is very, very small. Oh, it's tiny. And there's talks about maybe getting Le'Veon Bell, and they're not done in free agency. They're still going right. after some key and big names. Are they going for it? Like, <laughs> I think th- I think they are. I, I think Mayock, Mike Mayock, their new GM, has a huge... First-round arm talent. Yeah, first-round arm talent. I think he has a huge say in what's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I think I think as much as people want to put it on Mike Mayock, I think it is John Gruden pulling the strings because it's John. This is John's Gruden. Just this is John Gruden's team. That was so hard to say. They're probably working together though on it. Right, they're working very closely. Um, but I've never seen a team do something like this. Like they're they're making. Uh, they signed, uh, you know, uh, Patriots left tackle Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. They're moving their right, their good right tackle over to. I mean, their good left tackle over to right tackle. So that's a great move for their offensive line. But just as a team, they're adding a lot of pieces all at once, and it could be very good, and it also could be very bad. Could backfire. Uh, it could backfire big time. But as far as Antonio Brown, it, it kind of scares me a little bit in terms of <laughs> fantasy football. Because as much as I love Antonio Brown and as talented as he is, I don't think Derek Carr blows. I think he's decent, and I think him throwing to Brown, he's the only receiver on the team outside of Jared Cook. So yeah. you're going to be – Jordy you know, Nelson. And Jordy Nelson. Yeah, he's, I don't even think he's – Yeah, isn't he free agent? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, but Antonio Brown, he's just not going to be – I don't think he's going to be what he was before, and I think that's mostly because he's not going to get the targets that he did before. Um, I think he'll still produce as maybe a top five to seven, seven, five to seven wide receiver. But I don't. I if, I would be surprised next year if we see AB in the top three, yeah, like he was I agree. this year. The and it's come to an end of people potentially picking him first overall in leagues. Like, oh, remember last those year, days? Yeah, <laughs> last not year. even do even last the, two years. Yeah, last few years, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. He's not he's not a first round pick. I don't even know. I mean, if you're taking him in the second round, I think you're pushing it a little bit yeah. too. There's other guys there. Don't don't He's a good he's still Antonio Brown. He's very Brown, good. Like here's he's my still going to produce. But. Is that I will take Antonio Brown if he's coming in the late second, early third round. Don't go out of your way for him. Don't go out of your way for him. If you're if you're taking him like really early, like there's other guys there. You're talking about fantasy drafts. In a redraft league, if you're in half PPR or standard league, even even full PPR, you're drafting running backs. Those guys are coming off the board with like the first six to eight picks. And so you're talking about the best wide receivers, the top five wide receivers in the NFL. When I think there's five guys ahead of Antonio Brown right now, probably. But you have a bunch of guys available and early in the second round, and you're going to take Antonio Brown. I, j- I just think that's taking a leap. Uh, and and if he works out, then a lot of you are going to be like, "You idiot! <laughs> you told me not to draft Antonio Brown. That's fine." Uh, but as of right now, I just don't like. If the Raiders add, like I told you before the show, mm-hmm. if the Raiders add Le'Veon Bell, then I think Antonio Brown could be a very very Does good. Does that bump asset. his value? I, I think it bumps his value. Mm-hmm. I think it bumps the entire Raiders. Like Jared you know Cook, Jared Cook becomes very valuable as well. As much as people hate the guy. I think he becomes things, uh, valuable at the things, tight end position. Things could but. change over time, like especially it's still very early. But I actually, I mean, I do like Derek Carr's value from this a lot, like potentially drafting him because I know he was not getting drafted in any leagues before this. Right after this, I definitely would look at him late, very yeah. late in the draft, obviously. But right. I'd keep an eye on him. And you know, Antonio Brown right now, I see him as a third round pick, and I was saying I wouldn't go out of my way for him, and I would still shy away. But yeah, I want to see how it looks because. I don't know. I could be intrigued by it. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. Uh, I do want to bring up the. Um, I do want to bring up the one implication that it does have for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there's two schools of thought with Juju Smith-Schuster, and we will talk about him later in the show. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on him, but um, there's the school of thought that he is going to become the number one, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to get the main coverages and. He's not going to be as good as he was in the past, you know, as good as he was with Antonio Brown. Because going to double on and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other school of thought that he's going to get the A-B targets, so he has to produce like A-B. Now, I'm in the middle. I'm like a, you know, I think Juju could finish in the top six uh, just because like, he finished, I think he finished in like the top 12 this year. That's yeah. my guess. I think he was eight. 
Um, and so I, I think Juju will. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but I think Juju will take a step forward this year. Uh, let's move to the next trade and then go on to all the glitters. Um, but Odell Beckham, right before this show, Your guy. was traded from the New York Giants to your other guy. To my team, and I'm a oh, Patriots gosh. fan, but my team and my boy, Baker Mayfield, they're traded to the Browns. Odell mm. is now a Cleveland Brown. Um, that's, I was, I was literally, I, like, I want to say that I got a bloody nose right before this news happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding the tissue to my face, and all of a sudden I get the alert that Odell is traded to the Cleveland Browns. I literally was like, yes! And then Katie was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you screaming? I'm like, Odell is a Brown. So that's all I needed. Aren't you a Patriots fan? No. no. <laughs> I'm a Browns fan. I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. <laughs> so I love it. I of absolutely course. love it. Um, it. It was a lot to give up. Um, it, quite a Asking bit. Asking press is too much. Yeah. I'm glad the Patriots didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad they didn't jump in. I'm wondering what the Pats offered, but... Um, they'll get the, the New York giants get a first round pick. Um, and then the second of the Browns third round picks and then safety Jabril peppers, who is solid, who is solid. So they got, they got a nice return, but what was given is like a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I mean, on paper, the Browns have the best team in the AFC North now. And it's, is it really even close? Are Uh, the Ravens kind of still Pretty solid. No, Compa- uh, I, I, if the paper, Browns if the Browns don't win the division, bust. I would yeah huge, huge bust. bust. As I much agree. as people want to buy in on the Steelers, I, I don't see what the that being is. said, I think it could very easily happen. Still, so here's my oh, thing with, up with the face. Odell the Odell trade. I was on the Baker Mayfield Cleveland Browns trade. If oh, you guys no. have listened listened to the previous podcasts, I've been on that train. After this move. I'm a little cautious because here's why. Everybody's hopping on the train now. Everybody. Baker Mayfield's value just shot up by not just one round, not two rounds, but it's probably going to be like he'll probably be one of the first three quarterbacks off the board after this move. Mm -hmm. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Nick Chubb. You have Odell Beckham Jr. You have David Njoku in your offense. That is loaded. Yeah. I mean. You got a lot of pressure. It is. However, if, if Mayfield's going late in your draft, you better take him. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because it's all about the value in this situation. I just I'm scared that his value is going to go up right. way too high. So I tweeted out earlier uh, today when the deal went through. I tre- I tweeted out that Odell was my number one <laughs> quarterback on my draft board. Uh, so I I did I did preface this not on my, not my tweet, but I will preface this by saying that yes, all of the good quarterbacks are still ahead on my draft board. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Um, he's just your number one go-to. Yeah, guy. he's my one. He's my like when I get to the tenth round and I start thinking a quarterback, I'll probably take a strong, strong look at like. Let's just say if he's on the board in the tenth round and I'm I'm picking, you can very well guarantee that I'm taking uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but uh, as in terms of, I mean, a lot of people are talking about the value that it gives. You know, guys like Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, David Njoku, mm-hmm. even Jarvis Landry. Like I think this trade improves the entire offense in general and all of the fantasy options that are inside that offense. The question for me is, what does this does? What does this do for Odell's fantasy value? Because mm. is he gonna be? I mean, you can't get much worse than Eli Manning in that right. Giants offense. So, do you expect a bump or do you expect him to kind of take a hit statistically? I think it's gonna be slight slight improvement and the reason why i say slight is because he's still gonna get a lot like njoku's still gonna get a lot of targets yeah jarvis landry's still gonna get a lot a lot of targets they're gonna use nick chubb when kareem hunt comes back they're gonna use kareem hunt there's just a lot of guys that they're gonna use in that yeah. offense but you're right i mean it is he, he went from eli manning to baker mayfield and yeah. i'm not saying baker mayfield is <laughs> second coming right but <laughs> at this point in his career i mean yeah I want to, and Blake Bortles is just as good as Eli Manning at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, like Eli Manning, I don't think is a very good quarterback at this point in his Harsh career. Take, it, but I think it's just facts at this point. Um, but Baker Mayfield is the opposite of Manning. He's on the rise, so he's a much Young improved guy. player. The yeah. whole offense is better as a whole, which I think right. will probably 
help Odell, but maybe have a little less targets. Like it'll, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. But I would consider his value improved out for the steal. Yeah, I I do I I do see a little bit of a statistical bump. Last year he was having uh, a very very good season uh, until he got hurt right around week thirteen, I believe it was. Um, and then after that point, it was kind of you know obviously he wasn't able to play, but he finished in the top ten um, in half PPR fantasy points. A hundred and actually, I'm sorry, he did not finish in the top ten. He finished in the top fifteen at number fourteen uh, with 191 fantasy points. We'll talk about him a little bit later if we have time. But um, to me, if he had played those four games, he probably would have finished above Juju and Julio, who were seven and eight. Mm. Uh, so I think, I think he would, the way he was playing this year was very good. Um, even with a crappy Eli Manning. So I right. think in a good offense, it would benefit him. Is he a just, top three fantasy receiver? I don't think so. Okay. I, 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 as much as I love Odell, I, I don't see that as a situation for him to, I don't know. I, I just don't see this in the, at least in the first year with a young quarterback, I don't see him taking that leap. And there is a lot of weapons on the team. So, you may also see a target decrease for Odell. Whereas like when you were in New York, you were the guy like Mm. Evan Ingram hurt 90% of the time. Right. Which is kind of what I was alluding to. And Saquon, you know, obviously is one of the main targets, but outside of that, it was just Odell. So it's like, you know, you might see a target decrease for Odell Beckham, but as of early, as an early look, I I think it does help his fantasy value. Mm. Um, But let's move on to our first segment, all that glitters. All that glitters. So we are going to discuss uh, the top finishing wide receivers from the 2018 season. I want to preface this by saying all stats are based on half PPR, and that will be the same thing for the running backs next week. Um, I will preface it next week so people don't complain. (laughs) These are weeks 1 through 16. All of this is based on weeks 1 through 16 because uh, we don't believe in week 17 championships. That'll be a discussion when we get to a show later yeah. this year on league rules. Uh, don't do Week 17 championships. It's not worth it. It's We've well, both yeah. got screwed over from it. Yeah, never. Um, we discuss, we'll discuss the realities of wide receiver finishes in 2018, and our goal is to help you look at last year and dissect last year's numbers mm-hmm. and tell you if they continue uh, production this year and if you should draft these guys. So let's get to it. Uh, number one finisher of last year in half PPR, 274 fantasy points, Devontae Adams. Uh, Adams was everything that uh, a lot of people would say because we, we, we personally are in a standard league that's switching to half PPR. Yep. Um, I played in some half PPR and full PPR leagues, but uh, Adams I was surprised to see finish as the number one guy. Um, I had to kind of double take because I didn't have him on any of my fantasy teams. Yeah, um, he went from being like the third wide receiver on a team two or three years ago to now being like the guy. And I've always questioned like everyone loves Devonte Adams, but I've always questioned the like, Why? like I don't see the talent there for, in my brain. <laughs> I I just don't. I think it's well, just it's all Rodgers. And if he was on any other team, he would blow. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but he's <laughs> he's a solid receiver. Yes, he's a great receiver. But he runs. He, yeah, he's a, he's a good receiver. And Aaron Rodgers trusts but, him, which makes right. a huge difference because a lot of Rodgers' offense and the Packers' offense went through Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham didn't do much. Randall Cobb didn't do much. The few receivers that showed up, what was his name? The right. I don't remember his name, but there was a few Packers receivers that like had flashes in the pan. But for the most part, that entire passing offense went through Devontae Adams. And I was kind of on the same boat with you. I'm, I was never like a big Devontae Adams fan. Yeah. But looking at the numbers. Not a big Devontae Adams truther. He is insanely consistent. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, insanely consistent. You want to bring up the bust percentage? He busted only 7% of the time this year. And he played 15 games. 7%. 7%. That means he busted one game. Time. One game. That can win you a regular season title, at least. <laughs> that, yeah. that that gets you the best record. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. If you have a receiver that consistently gets you 15 fantasy points. Yeah. Like, and when we say consistently, we legitimately mean consistently every yeah. week but one. 
that is a difference it's, maker. It's he, absolutely insane. He played very, very, very well this past season. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you know, I mean, he averaged uh, 18.3 points per game. Um, I mean, that is – when you only bust 7% of the time and you're averaging that many fantasy points, right? you're very, very consistent. Uh, on our consistency rank, he finished number one uh, in all of fantasy. Uh, he, his home road split basically even. So, I mean, every time Aaron Rodgers stepped on the field, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. There's no one else on that team. So is that changing? That's No. It's not changing at all. So it's like you next year, if you are looking at a wide receiver, you're, you know, if whether you're in the first round, I don't recommend taking wide receiver in the first round, but if you're in the first round and, you know, a bunch of running backs come off the board and you're like, frick, I need you're at you know, like nine. Yeah, you're at nine and you're like, ah, oh, I would just take a running, I'd take a wide receiver here. Uh, take Devontae Adams. I, I, I mean, I'm having a hard time picking who I want number one on my personal top five, top 10, you know, wide receivers. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, it, it, I mean, it's it's not an easy decision to pick out which guy is going to be the best. But when you look at the Packers situation right now, there's no one else. Like Jimmy Graham's not. I don't think he's going to be on the Packers next year. All you got is you know Randall Aaron Cobb's Jones. A free agent. Randall Cobb's a free agent. They got Marquez Valdez Scantling. I think there's going to. Yes. I think there's going to be a guy that comes up the ranks a little bit. But Adams is going to be the guy. Still, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy that gets you the points. So next year, I'm not afraid of drafting him. I think he'll stay just as consistent. And when you're with the wide receiver position being so inconsistent with so many different guys. The next closest guy to him was, I think, 13%. I believe that was what the consistency rank had. Number two uh, is at 12.5%. So he's like a good full 6% ahead of somebody else. Wow. And, and I think, I think if, you, if you want a consistent wide receiver, Devontae Adams, I have so much trouble putting him at one because I think he's just a benefactor of having Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Honestly, but- I think a lot of people are like, this guy's so talented, he's amazing. And I'm like, well, Jordy Nelson was talented and amazing, and then he left, <laughs> and now he's nothing. Right. And it's but, like, so that, but that doesn't matter. If we're talking... Oh, right now? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right, that's what I'm saying. I just have always been... Oh, I've always strayed away from Devontae Adams because I have absolutely... Like, I, when I watch yeah, I him... I think he's decent. I think he's decent, but like... I, no, he's, he is good, but he's just compared to like Antonio Brown. Or, right, the talented Odell wide or receivers. Jones. Like Odell, DeAndre Hopkins. These Hopkins, guys, right, yeah. These guys could step into, you know, on any team and, and still produce, and I think Adams is just the opposite of that. I think he just gets, you know, a lot of production, so... Obviously, very early in the offseason. We don't know what the Packers are going to do. But if everything kind of stays the same, you can expect Adams to get more increased production, especially in an offense where Rodgers kind of now runs the whole thing. Um, so I, I really like I really, really like Devontae Adams for next year. I don't think you should be nervous about taking him at all. Yep, agreed. Um, number two, Antonio Brown. Now an Oakland Raider. He was a Pittsburgh Steeler. He played in, I believe it was 14 games because he missed... Actually, no, he played all. He played 15. He'd missed week 17, but we don't count that. <laughs> um, so his consistency rank was number four, and he averaged 18 points per game. Very uh, solid. AB, yeah, if, if you drafted him in the last five years, you really didn't go wrong. Right, yeah. Um, he, uh, it was surprising to see him in a half PPR setting finish second because a lot of people would consider this a down year for Antonio Brown. Um, but... For what he did this year, it was basically almost identical to what Devontae Adams did. Um, there was a couple of, there was a little bit more bust. Uh, he busted fifteen percent of the time. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he wasn't as consistent as he normally is. But for him to finish second and half, that's PTR, still saw. I mean, fifteen percent. It's still solid. Very good. As we talked about before, the problem with AB is that he's completely switching teams and he's headed to the Oakland Raiders. And uh, I just don't know. I personally, I mean, I'll make a prediction at some point. I'm not going to be a flake. But (laughs) Antonio Brown, I just think he's going to see a target decrease. And I think that if you were just going, okay, I'm taking, I'm copy-pasting last year's, you know, numbers and putting him on my, Mm -hmm. you know, my spreadsheet for fantasy. No, it's going to be different. Yeah, it's going to be different. You might see him, like I said, six or seven. So as far as Antonio Brown goes, I don't think he's going to finish two next year. I think he's a good option, like I said, second, third round. But as of right now, AB is not going to be the same receiver that he was next uh, last year. So I do have a. It's kind of developing as I talk about this. I like Derek Carr. 
And I think Antonio Brown. This is, is not an. This is not a popular opinion. It's People not. are listening to this podcast. Oh, going, I'm going to turn you guys off in three seconds. Yeah, no, no, no. I know it's not. I do like Derek Carr. I think last yeah. year he, you know, as you you told me earlier about the numbers that he had 19 touchdowns, but every other stat, statistically speaking, he was yeah. one of his best of his career, and he had no talent around him. Now right. you add Antonio Brown. I don't. I really don't mind Antonio Brown in Oakland. Yeah, um, not. I mean, it's better than the Bills. I don't. Right. It. Is, I think it is better than the Bills. Yeah. Is he going to be the fourth consist like the fourth most consistent wide receiver in the yeah. second half PPR? I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't think he's going to drop off that much it, because he is going to get a lot of. Tar- I think he's going to get a lot of targets in yeah. Oakland because Jared Cook's going to get some targets, but other than that, who's the next wide receiver? And we we've said. With Juju Smith-Schuster, that like the, some of the problems that people have with him is he's going to get double teamed, and he's yeah. never been the number one receiver before. How is he going to handle it? Antonio Brown has been that has been that yeah. his whole career. He's not going to have a problem with the team's best corners against him. Right. He's still going to succeed. Plus, maybe a potential increase in targets. Yeah, I actually I don't mind this at all. I think I think I mean my only my only problem is that A B. The, the reason why he produces as consistently as he has, not just in game to game, but like season to season, mm-hmm. is because the the, pa- uh, the the Packers, the Steelers, I'm, I'm still thinking about Adams, um, <laughs> the Steelers are a team that throws. This year they were number one. That is true, yep. They were number one in pass attempts. And so, and then, you know, when you look at the Oakland Raiders last year, they were, you know, Derek Carr was 12th in pass attempts. So it's like it, it, if you have a full eleven quarterbacks ahead of you, unless the the unless the the Oakland Raiders decide to start throwing the ball as much as the Steelers were, which I don't see that happening, especially if they get some kind of running game, uh, it's just not going to equal as much production for Antonio Brown. Yes, he's going to be the number one guy. Yes, he's going to be. Targeted. They're going to force it to him too. If the guy is targeted as much as he was in in Pittsburgh, I would not. He's talented. He's good. Unless he starts showing his old age or something like that, I I just don't see it. Like if Antonio Brown is getting the targets, he's gonna produce the same. Like that's that's it's just what what's gonna happen to me. I think Derek Carr is good enough to get Antonio Brown the ball. Simple as yeah. that. Um, let's move on. Tyreek Hill, number three, two hundred and fifty eight fantasy points. Uh, this is an interesting guy. Yeah. Because I know he, you want to go off. He finished he finished number you know what's interesting? I, I just as a side note, the um the Chiefs had a top player in three different positions and almost four if Kareem Hunt didn't Yeah, that's actually insane. Isn't that crazy? That's what Browns fans are hoping for this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Um but Tyreek Hill is a guy who I have such a hard time liking. And I like the production. I like the 40 fantasy point games. I like the 35 fantasy oh, yeah. point games. I like the 33 fantasy he point pops. games. He pops what, on your screen. Yeah, he pops and then and then all the you know and then you get people lining up. You know, you you own them on your fantasy team, you get people lining up to to <laughs> to try to trade for him and you're like, "Not today." And then you're like, "6 points. Hey guys, you want to do the trade?" No. <laughs> so, uh his consistency rank 21 Wow. Um, that is 21. a number. He was all the way down. And if you were basing your draft, speci- don't ever do this, but basing your draft <laughs> specifically on consistency ranks, he would be a wide receiver three based on wide receiver, uh, based on consistency rank. And uh, he busted 53% of the time. Wow. I just want to let you know that a bust is being under 12 fantasy points. That is terrible. He had under 12 fantasy points. 53% of he the played, time. He played weeks 1 through 16, every single game, 15 games, and he busted 8 out of 15. So that means, I mean, to me, if you have a guy like that on your team, I can't, I just, I never can justify, you know, the ends with the means. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you got to draft him with a second-round pick, and then, you know, then you, you're expecting him to produce that, all season long, like an AB or, you know, Adams or Hopkins or Julio Jones, and you're expecting Tyreek Hill to bring you that production. And it's like, it astounds me that he busted 53% of the time. Yeah. He still finished with 258 fantasy points like that. Or yeah, 258. 
That is absolutely insane to me. If he is plus in the second or third round, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him to draft. There's two wide receivers that I don't like, and I'll talk about the next one later. But Tyreek Hill is a guy that I'm probably going to draft in the second or third round. When I draft, I don't like to, just a quick tip, but when I draft, I don't like to look at guys as, or look at my team as, this team's standing pat. This is the team that I'm going to roll with all season. I look at it as, okay, I may not like this guy, but I'm going to take him, and I'm going to you know, try to deal him. Like, well, take Tyreek Hill, wait till after he gets that blow-up game, <laughs> then deal him to the people who line up to take him. And it's like, if that's what you're going to do for Tyreek Hill, then do it. Don't be afraid to draft a guy because you see his bust percentage being horrible. Yes, if there's another guy on the like, if I'm choosing between, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Hopkins. I'm not taking Hill. But, right. uh, you know, if, if Hill's the only option at wide receiver on your board and you were supposed to take a wide receiver there, you don't have a wide receiver, one, take him. Deal him for a guy that you want later down the road. You know what I mean? You could take Hill, package him with another running back for a team who's weak on running backs, and try to get Hopkins or something like that. <laughs> it sounds like it's, I make it sound easy, but it really isn't. But <laughs> Hill is a guy that if I'm in the third round and he's there, I'm taking. But I just I'm kind of leery on him. My, and my other concern uh, before I finish my point is that Tyreek Hill no longer has like last year when they started the season, they had Kareem Hunt. And they had some other options in the passing game, and now they don't. And so it's like, you know, how is he going to respond to that? Uh, is is he going to like the Patriots in the in the in the AFC Championship game? The Patriots always struggled against Tyreek Hill, and that's because they always struggled against Kareem Hunt, right? They'd bite on the play action with right. They bite, they bite on the play action without Kareem Hunt. They were like. Let's start. Let's stop Tyree Kill. And so I think Tyree Kill is going to be affected by that. At some point, this man's going to come down to earth. Right. I hope. So, I'm not. I'm not that I hope it's next year, but I would just. I'm going to put a big buyer beware. So that's my thing with Tyree Kill, and I. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs' offense. I have the last two seasons, but we both agree, and I love Mahomes. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. We both agree. I don't think he's going to throw 50 touchdowns again this season. Nope. Tyreek Hill, if Mahomes takes a step down, you're not looking at Tyreek Hill being the third fantasy wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, points yeah, yeah. And we both agree that he's going to take a step down. Yeah. So that alone could factor in being kind of wary on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But then you add into the bust percentage as well. I'm I'm very nervous with Tyreek Hill. I, I stay away from him. I take guys like Devontae Adams. I take DeAndre Hopkins. I take Michael Thomas. I take Julio Jones. Like I take a lot of guys before I go to Tyree yeah. Kill. Yeah, um, I, Tyree Kill falls way not way down the draft board, but to me he falls to like seven. And I think there's guys that I'd rather take in front of him. And uh, I, I like even. Do you have AJ Green ahead of him? Yeah. Do you have Odell Beckham ahead of him? Yeah. Yeah. So we're already at like yeah. I agree. It's though it's just it's it's it, 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 and like a lot of people are you know the the Tyreek Hill lovers out there who are going to be like no <laughs> I'm taking him well I can go ahead I <laughs> he's going to win you games yeah he's going to win you games it's not he's I mean, going to he's going to have a game where he gets three touchdowns just and watch 180 out. yards but you can't you got to win more than six games in order to make the playoffs guys. Like seriously, mm. uh, you know, Hill Hill being your wide receiver one busting is just not it's not going to work. Now you could also use the strategy of drafting him and then drafting a more consistent second guy. Right, you can take Tyree Kill yeah. and then get someone who's known more for consistent, like Cooper Cup, very consistent, or Adam Thielen. Right, yeah. you snag them and then you know put them right next to Tyree Kill, whether it's through a trade or through the draft. It makes it out to be like, okay, so you got that consistent guy. He's getting you 10, 15 points. If Tyree Kill busts, it's You're okay. You're still getting yeah. 10 to 15 um, points. Tyree Kill did. I did have uh, his numbers for his dumpster fire game. A dumpster fire game is under six points altogether. Um, and that number is three. So out of the eight games he busted, three of them were under six fantasy points. Dumpster fire. Um, yeah, so he yeah, he's not. Tyree Kill... He's a guy that I'm putting a little beware 
mark Definitely. next to and a little a little red asterisk. If you like him, take him, but you better have a solid, consistent yeah, you better have, WR2. Just don't let it bite you in the end. That's the big thing. You understand what you're getting into when you're drafting a guy like, like uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number four. Uh, Houston Texans wide receiver at 255 fantasy points. Um, consistency rank of number three. Uh, he had a- his average points per game, 17. He busted 15% of the time. Hopkins is an interesting little player uh, because in standard leagues, Hopkins is a number one receiver. He's like, I think he finished number one or two in fantasy. Oh, let me in, check. Uh, yeah, check on that. But uh, Hopkins, I think he was number two. He was number two. Yeah. Uh, so Hopkins finished very high in a half PPR setting. And in P- full PPR, Hopkins finishes at four, five, or six. I think it's it's solely because you know you would think a guy who gets fifteen targets, you know, a game right. would get that production, but I he doesn't put up the uh, the catch numbers that you want, I guess, uh, and and I think that's the only reason why he kind of took a step back this year uh, is because he wasn't getting. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how many catches he had in uh, the 2018 season because I don't have that in front of me. But I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's a great receiver. I have him in a standard league at number one on my board. Ooh, uh, I think he is like I, I have Hopkins and then Adams, and those are my one two guys. Okay, um, in a half PPR setting, I'm not sure because he is more consistent than Tyree Kill, and he's more consistent than Antonio Brown, but he also finished number four, and he doesn't produce as many fantasy points as those guys do. you want to know how many catches he had? How many? 115. So why the crap is DeAndre Hopkins so low? Did I he, don't know. Did he get hurt? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Hopkins is a he's a great wide receiver. Um, he's a guy that I, I would definitely take Hopkins next year over Hill, over Brown. Uh, I think that he does have some games where he does bust. Um, but I think he's a solid wide receiver to take. I think he's going to be a top three finisher next year. He was year. third in the league in receptions. Third in the league in receptions. And second in receiving yards. Isn't that amazing? That amazes me. You know who is second he in probably receptions? probably should have finished third. Zach Ertz. Flip. <laughs> Zach Ertz, you freaking. That's ridiculous. Stud. Um, I, I honestly think without Tyree Kill's ridiculousness, uh, DeAndre Hopkins should have finished three. I think Hill's not going to finish three. Brown's not going to finish two. Yep. So I think Hopkins could end up being a top two receiver next year. I agree. Um, which is not a super hot take. But uh, one thing that you should beware on, and I noticed this, is that uh, a lot of wide receivers in fantasy have better road, especially the good ones, have better road uh, fantasy point averages than they do home. So the home road splits, the road looks a lot better as an option for a wide receiver. I don't know why that's the case. I don't know if that's a 2018 trend. I think my guess would be is teams are typically losing on the road. So in the fourth quarter when they're down 10 points, they're throwing the ball a lot, which equals to trash time points, which would equal to more road points. But that's just a guess. Yeah. But so he does play, uh, he gets 14 points on average at home to uh, rounded up 19 points uh, on the road. So I think, you know, in terms of you just got to keep an eye on that. Not that you're going to bench DeAndre Hopkins at home and get on a good matchup, but, you know, or ever bench DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> but uh, Hopkins, great option. Uh, let's move to number five, Michael Thomas. Thomas. The guy I know. This is another guy. Okay. <laughs> he reminds me of Hill. And he ranked 14th in consistency, which was a lot better. He had a 40 bus percentage. Michael Thomas has these games that just like blow your mind and you're like, yeah. wow, this guy's good. And you watch him and talent like, wise too. Wow. Right. This That's guy's key, good. Yeah. And then he completely disappoints you <laughs> with just these awful games. It's just, I don't understand why like most of the season, a lot of fantasy experts had Michael Thomas, number one, number one, number two. And I watched the rankings every single week for these guys and it was Michael Thomas, one and two. And I always was like, why? The entire season, I asked the question of, like, why is Michael Thomas this high? Um, and it, towards the end of the season, he showed why. He's, he's good. He's oh, that yeah. good. He's talented. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to be consistent, I'm moving Michael Thomas down my board. 
There's more mm-hmm. consistent wide receiver options than Michael Thomas, i.e. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and I don't I don't disagree with that. Devontae Adams. Michael Thomas scares me. He's another one that I put a little red asterisk next to and say, All right, Michael, I'm if you're there, I'll take you. I like you, but I just don't know. I can't I, I, I can't trust him to be my wide receiver. Michael one. Thomas is kind of my guy. I love him. Uh, very talented <laughs> wide receiver. He's like, he's, I love you, Michael Thomas. I, I love Michael Thomas. He's no, a, he's, he's, he, I mean, he's, he's very good. He's extremely talented. Um, however, his home road is interesting, which makes his makes sense, though. He has 20 points per game at home versus 12.6 on the road. Yeah. He plays in a dome. Kind of makes sense. A the dome. whole Saints offense is t- like Drew Brees' numbers are much better at home. Kamara's numbers, like the whole offense is much better at home. So that one makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do still like Michael Thomas. The one thing though that kind of keeps me away from him a little bit is Drew Brees' age, and Drew yeah. Brees does have kind of a typical like kind of similar to Brady, where he wants to get everybody involved. Yeah, the whole offense they use running backs Which a lot in, he... in the passing game, right? So I do still like Michael Thomas, and I still would probably take him in top six, top maybe even top five fancy wide receivers, but. His consistency charts are hard to overlook. Forty percent bust, yeah, is pretty high. I'd still take. I mean, I would take Julio Jones over him, like you were saying, Hopkins, Antonio Brown, probably Devontae Adams, uh, yeah. Odell. Then you're kind of pushing it. I still think he is the like a five six guy. Yeah, in, Don't in terms of rankings, I'm not taking in the second round though. Yeah, I think there's still other receivers that will be there in the second round, i.e. Hopkins. Yeah, late late second round, early third. Yeah, Same yeah. Same as Tyreek Hill. Yep. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I just, that's the one thing. is I'm not saying I'm not going to draft them because I do like them as players, and any guy that produces 247 or 250, what is it, 258 fantasy points for Tyreek Hill, any guy that produces that many fantasy points should definitely be considered for your fantasy team. But yep. I think, in fantasy football, consistency is king, and if you want to win your fantasy leagues and you want to win even just your weekly fantasy games, you've got to have consistent players. And if you have a guy like Michael Thomas or Tyreek Hill on your team, God forbid you have both. <laughs> you, hey, I mean, if you, you, have, works, if you have both guys, yeah, one guy one will guy go off. off yeah, one exactly. guy doesn't, yeah, there you go. But <laughs> when you're talking about a bus percentage of 53 and 40, you know, it's it's very difficult for me to look at those guys as high end options um, when they're busting so much. Yeah, it's dangerous to have them on your and team. consistency ranks. You shouldn't go just by that. No, obviously. you shouldn't just go by that. But Definitely. it is a good tool to keep in mind. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, number six. Adam Thielen, two hundred forty-five fantasy points, consistent rank of nine. Uh, he averaged sixteen points per game, uh, and his bust percentage was thirty. Three percent home road split 15 to 15 pretty even Um, Adam Thaleen I love Adam Thaleen oh do you talented good player he's a solid like there's always a need for a slot receiver he's always going to be that and I think Adam Thaleen is a stud like there's no reason for me to believe that he's He's not not even a slot receiver he can do both he can do both yeah and so I think I think I mean, the only thing that, that prohibits him from improving is, A, that terrible Vikings offensive line, and, B, uh, Stefan Diggs getting more targets. So mm. I think Thaleen's talented. I think he's going to get the production. I think the only reason why, and everyone references next year, I, 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 I want to say don't you know, freak out on Adam Thaleen. Don't, don't panic because he had a bad second half of the season, and I think it's, you're starting to see that. With his his average draft pick being in, I think it's the sixth round right now. Is it really? Yeah, fifth or sixth round, and so he has fallen. He's fallen. See, I for way me down with Adam Thaneley, I've always been on the train of he did struggle at the end of the year. Forgive me, he's like, in fourth round. Okay, so that's yeah. I mean, still though, I mean that's not bad value for him. No, no, no. That's at definitely all. something to keep an eye. And I was someone who was kind of against Adam Thaneley. Yeah, and I was saying Stephon Diggs is going to get more targets. I was kind of right. saying everything that you were just echoing. But if you're take, I mean, the fourth round is not a bad spot for him. Yeah, he's still going to be, I think, a top ten wide receiver. Right, you can get there. I mean, I definitely, I definitely keep an eye on that. Right, and if it keeps dropping, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Thaleen is just he, like I said, very. He's a very good player, and 
anybody that's as talented as Adam Thalene is going to get the ball passed to him. It's as simple as that. Um, at some point, he's going to have to – like the second half of the season was rough. It was – It was, yeah. It was wide receiver. Like he was literally the best wide receiver in football in the first half of the season, and the consistency showed it. Uh, and then the second half of the season, he fell so far off that he was averaging wide receiver three numbers. Yeah, he was getting- And it was just not a good – it was not a good situation. Like if you have a wide receiver three, you're talking about a flex at best – for Adam Thalene, and that that was a problem. That that was a problem for teams that owned him because he burned them in the second half of the season. And this is why I'm saying, don't let that burn distract you from what Adam Thalene really is. Go out, grab him if you can, and make him your second wide receiver on your team because you're right. not going to regret it. You're yeah, not going to regret that's it. That's true. If he's your WR two, you're in a really good spot. Uh, let's move on to Julio Jones. 245 fantasy points. Um, he had a consistency rank of seven, so he was pretty high up there. Um, his bus percentage was 27%, uh, and he had average points per game, 16. Um, his home road split, 13 and 18. So Julio Jones is a, v- a very good wide receiver, extremely talented. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Um, I think it's, yeah, no, just Hopkins. I-, I would say Julio Jones is the second most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Um mm. I, a, I B, A, B, A, B is up there as well. Julio Jones' only problem this season for me, which is not going to be repeated, it will not be repeated next year, mark my words, is that he did not catch touchdowns until later in the season. Um, he was a guy that early in, the, I think it was the first eight weeks of the season, didn't catch a touchdown. He was getting, oh, he was the only guy keeping pace with Adam Thaleen in yardage. Yeah. And and he was getting, you know, an obscene amount of targets a game. So it was like at, Julio Jones had all of the right puzzle pieces there. It just wasn't turning into touchdowns. And I think the early first half of the season you had Julio Jones struggling to find the end zone. And then when he took off if it, towards the back end of the season, he became the receiver that he was supposed to be all year. Uh, I think that's the only reason why he finished number seven. To me, he's a top three receiver in this league, and he could probably finish with the top three or four in fantasy next season. And where he's, I mean, to me, I just, I don't see Julio Jones as a guy that you look at next year and say, you know, who oh, he's going to bust. I think there oh, is a yeah, little yeah. bit concern. There's a little bit of a concern for me in terms of, uh, you know, you, you have Calvin Ridley, Ca- Calvin Ridley, <laughs> Calvin Ridley uh, as a new, I guess, wide receiver option for right. for them. He's playing. He's a, he's the same type of receiver as Julio Jones, and he's the guy that's going to step into his place when I guess Julio moves on. He's thirty. I think he's thirty one years old. Um, so I think you know, with the age and the fact that Calvin Ridley is kind of coming in, he might lose a target share a little bit. Um, so, but I, I just don't see it affecting Julio Jones all that much. Cause in the end, Matt Ryan, that's his guy. That's who he's going to throw to. That's true. I think with Julio, you, what you see is what you get. However, you did say you don't think he's going to put up touchdowns and like, you'll think he'll do it the whole season yeah. rather than just the second half like he did this past year. Yeah. But the reason he wasn't getting touchdowns in the first half was because the emergence of Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to go away. Now, in the second half, it did kind of because teams actually focused on Calvin Ridley. Right. And Matt Ryan, because Matt Ryan's the type of quarterback, will just throw it to whoever's open. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Muhammad Sanu gets a lot of targets, too. Yeah. So Julio Jones was definitely getting more touchdowns in the second half because right. teams were focusing on Calvin Ridley. How is that going to play out this upcoming year? Are teams going to still focus on Calvin Ridley a lot? Are they going to start to slow away from him because Julio Jones destroyed everyone in the second half last yeah. year? It's going to be interesting to see, but I still think even if they focus on Calvin Ridley or don't focus on Calvin Ridley, I should say, and kind of focus on Julio Jones, he'll still be Julio Jones. He'll still be a top five or top seven wide receiver. I hate to I hate to put an asterisk next to him as kind of like a beware. I don't want to make it as, uh, as prominent as the other two guys uh, because I would take Julio Jones over Tyreek Hill and uh, Michael Thomas. But I agree. I think Julio Jones is there is a chance that he could take a step back next year. I don't know how big that's going to be. 
but there's a chance that that could happen. There's also a chance that the guy could completely go off next year, produce the same amount of yardage he was this year, and add on like 10, 15 touchdowns. That happens. Julio Jones arguably could finish as the best wide receiver in fantasy. But, 10 to 15 total. Not yeah, yeah, total. 10 to 15 total. <laughs> um, but I think Julio, fanta- he's a fantastic receiver. He always gets the ball. I mean, the guy gets targeted a crazy amount. He is Matt Ryan's boy, mm-hmm. and uh, and Matt Ryan will always throw it to him when the time comes. Like if he needs to move the ball down the field, it's going to Julio Jones, it's not going to Calvin Ridley. Um, let's move on to Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I told you we were, gonna, we were going to talk about him. He benefits majorly at 229 fantasy points with Antonio Brown. Mm. With Antonio Brown, he finished eighth in fantasy with Antonio Brown on the team. Uh, for anyone. Out there, I am. I am the person who disagrees fully with the argument that he can't be a wide receiver. One, um, there is numbers floating around the internet. You can go look them up. Uh, that Juju Smith-Schuster had better performances without AB starting and without AB on the field than uh, with AB on the field. So. Juju is, I think he's a talented wide receiver. He's become, he's come out of the woodwork a little bit. And in an offense that doesn't have any other receivers, yeah, like Juju is going to get the targets. He's going to get the production. Here's my thing. Fantasy is about two things, consistency and targets. The reason why Tyreek Hill is not as consistent is because the guy doesn't only gets it thrown to him seven times a game or so. Right. So it's like when you talk about Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to get targeted 12, 15 times a game. And if that's the case, he's going to be a guy that is going to so, – I don't think he's going to produce the numbers that Antonio Brown did in the past, but I think he could finish in the top five. Do you have him ahead of Julio? No. Do you have, a, have him ahead of Michael Thomas? Uh, that's a tough one. I'll probably say no. Okay. So I have him ahead of Tyree Kill. I'd put him ahead Okay, of so he's yeah. in between Hill and Hill. Yeah. Sorry. So I would I would definitely put him up there. I, I like I said, my only concern is that I think there's a chance that he could probably completely fall flat on his face. And I think this there's that same chance we'll talk about when we talk about running backs that James Conner could also have the fall flat on his face moment. Like mm-hmm. th- there could be I, I think it'll only happen to one guy if it does, but um, Juju is just, he's shown that he's good. He's shown that he's talented. Uh, he's shown that he can step up. Uh, and last year he did bust 27% of the time. He had a consistency rank of eight. He was better on the road than he was at home. But I think Juju is, is definitely a stud and a guy to keep an eye on. Like I'm not drafting him in the first round, but he's got that. No, I agree. I think he could be a top three receiver. He has that type of upside. Now, I don't think he's going to because I just don't believe in Ben Roethlisberger. And yeah. It's just like a personal thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you hate Big Ben. You've I do. I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. Take um, your Patriots fan and But no, I mean, it. I do think Juju Juju's going to ball this year. Yeah. I, I have him ahead of uh, Hill as well. Yeah. And I might have him ahead of Thomas. Like, he's he's pushing top five. Yeah. As far as this year, I mean, when you look at what he did – I think that just goes to show you and to prove to you that, hey, listen, this is a guy that's going to be a top receiver next year. Um, we got to move on. Robert Woods, we're only going to get through 10. But uh, Robert Woods, Los Angeles Rams, uh, 219.1 fantasy points, consistency rank of 16, uh, average points per game, 14. He busted 40% of the time, and he was better at home than on the road, which follows the theme of the Rams offense. Robert Woods, I think, was, I mean, I don't think there's too much to talk about here because, well, because I think he's, he's partly, pro- he partly produced because Cooper Cup went down and yeah. Brandon Cooks missed time as well. Right. I mean, when both those, when everybody's healthy in the offense, he's, I don't think he's considered. Yeah, no. Uh, next year, th- this is a, this is a, this is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit when it comes to the Rams wide receiver situation is right now you have Cooper Cup. I don't remember what his ADP is. I think it was like fifth round or sixth round or something. Cooper Cup, who is clearly the number one wide receiver and clearly one of the best wide receivers in fantasy, at least as a wide receiver too on teams. Yeah. He was playing extremely well before his tour his ACL. And now all of a sudden you're seeing Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks get drafted ahead of Cooper Cup. People mm. are going to get burned on that. Yep. They're going to get burned Jared on Jared Goff's that. lover right. is Cooper Cup. Now, I, I, I prorated the numbers for Cooper Cup for a full season for fantasy points. 
he would have finished with 230, which would have put him ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster and put him at eight. So I think that's where it shows, you know, it just goes to show you, I don't think, I agree with you, Robert Woods, he pushed him down the trail. He's not going to be, he's not going to produce as much as he did last year unless you get an injury from Cooper Cup or somebody leaves in the offseason or something. Um, I think that as far as Robert Woods is concerned, I don't like him as a wide receiver too, only because he busted so much. Um, he was he was consistent at times, but then there were times where he just completely busted, and it was like it was hard it was hard to have him on your fantasy team at times in the season. You had that you had these moments of like three or four weeks where he gets ten fifteen points, and you're like, yes, this is great, and then and then you go on like a two three point drought, and you'd be like, oh my gosh, I need right, somebody yeah. else. So it's like. That that inconsistency and that up and down is what you want to try to avoid in fantasy. Um, and like guys like Adam Thielen or Juju Smith-Schuster as your wide receiver twos, um, not as a wide receiver two finisher, but as a guy who could be in your second wide receiver position next to a top end wide receiver. Those guys are going to be you know very important for you. And when you have a guy that only gets forty percent of the time, Robert Woods could definitely burn you. I mean, and that was forty percent is a decent number a for decent him, considering. Number. Yeah. Well, because I mean that's that number is kind of skewed a little bit because he had a lot of games at the end of the year where he went off right when Cooper Cup and when Cooper Cup was out. So right. that number bust percentage could probably have been higher if it wasn't for that. Yeah, if Cooper Cup never got hurt, that percentage I think would be higher than fifty percent. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to ten. There were other guys we were going to talk about: Keenan Allen, Stephen Diggs, D.Y. Hilton, Odell Beckham Jr., and Tyler Boyd. Uh, mm-hmm. We will probably get to them at some point. Do you want to just in the mention Odell since it's um, a new team, Cleveland? Yeah, after Mike Evans. Okay. Um, so ten, we have Mike Evans. Uh, consistency rank to uh, fifteen. He had uh, average fourteen points per game. 40%. One thing that I found interesting about Mike Evans is that he is a very young wide receiver still. He is, yeah. Very young. Uh, people seem to forget. People seem to forget. There's, there's a few guys that I have on a list of like players that I've never drafted before that I probably should take a look at. David Johnson and Mike Evans have been on that <laughs> list for a while. Um, but I look at Mike Evans and David Johnson, I always thought, like, oh, these guys are real old. They're, they're definitely not old. No. David Johnson's in, like, his fifth season, and Mike Evans is, like, fifth or sixth season. So they're still young. And Mike Evans was drafted very young as well. So. Yeah, you know, Mike Evans was drafted very young. So they, you know, as far as Mike Evans is concerned, I think he took a step back this year. I think it was just the inconsistencies among the quarterback. Right, position. that definitely did not help. I mean, you have Fitzpatrick one week, Winston one week. Fitzpatrick one week and just goes back and forth. This right. year, I don't. I mean, I I like Evans actually. I, he does have a he did have a high bust percentage, forty percent last year. Consistency yeah. rank was fifteen. Right. Um, for a guy at ten, that's not. That's not. It's. Bad. I mean, yeah. At that point, that that isn't that bad. But you look at the uh, Bruce Arians offense. Right. They're gonna be throwing the ball a lot. They're gonna be throwing the ball a yeah. lot. Jameis Winston loves Mike Evans too. Yeah. I mean. He likes he if likes James Winston Howard, stays and he, yeah he likes OJ Howard he likes and, Mike and he Evans. likes Mike Evans Mike Evans is going to get targets I don't see him as being like anything crazy but if you're getting yeah. him at that like ten spot where he finished last year I think that's going to be solid value for him I think he'll finish around the same spot yeah um I I yeah I, I I'm definitely looking at Mike Evans where he's uh, you know his ADP right now I believe let me see where Mike Evans ADP is. According to uh, the fantasy football calculator, he is going uh, late second round right now. So if Mike, you're Mike Evans is Mike Evans, yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, so. I'm not doing that. To me, to me, that's a little high. Um, if he was a third or fourth rounder, he's always been a late second round pick. But to me, if I'm you know if I'm looking for Mike Evans, I'll probably do it in the third or fourth round. I think he's going to see a statistical bump. Um, but I, it is concerning to see him at ten when he probably should be up there in the seven eight. Uh, or a six or seven range. So I like Mike Evans. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'll, if he's on the board if in the third round or fourth round, I'll take him. But I just don't see him as a as a huge option that early. Like you're, you're expecting him to be a wide receiver one. I don't know if he can be that at this point. Um, and when I say wide receiver one, I'm talking about like a top five receiver. Yeah. So if you're expecting that from Mike Evans, you're not going to get it. Um I think for Odell, we'll talk about him next week on the free agency show a little bit more in depth um, because we have run out of time. So uh, just I Odell and the Browns is better 
right? Would you say better? Yeah. Yep. Agreed. AJ Agreed. Green is not on this list, but he will probably be top ten as well. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably I, show probably, improvement. Yeah. Um. He, he was actually. Well, he was, yeah. He AJ got Green hurt. Was playing extremely well before he got hurt. He was having one of the best seasons of his career. I was people, looking at people his are gonna forget. Today. Yeah. People are gonna forget AJ Green. Um. But that concludes wide receiver edition of all the glitters. We'll obviously go over a lot more receivers as the often uh, as the off season goes along, and give you our thoughts and opinions on. Uh, where you should draft them, where you should take them. Uh, Make sure you bookmark this episode, like I said last week, and save it for draft season in a few months because it's going to give you an edge in the 2019 season. It'll remind you, hey, this guy did this last year. Maybe I should beware. Maybe it's a good idea to look at Adam Thaleen and say, oh, well, he sucked in the second half of the season instead of just looking at numbers. Um, So make sure you listen for next week. We'll go over all the free agent additions. We'll go over everything free agency related and trade related over the last couple weeks uh, or the last week or so and uh, give you all that information and help you make your decisions for fantasy based on where people went. Um, You got any thoughts for us before we send it off? The Cleveland Browns are going to win not one, not two, not three, but four straight Super Bowl titles. Flip. I wouldn't be surprised if they go uh, seven and nine. Everybody's yeah, fired. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can screw this up, it's the Browns. It's the Browns. It's true. I, I won't. I won't believe it till I see it. Uh, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you follow us on uh, all the social medias and uh, like us. Uh, subscribe and uh, leave a review. See you later, Fantasy Champions. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.